Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. conversation with Matan Ramanujan who is a director of Zime.ai and a product influencer in the hardware and semiconductor industry. He shares his beginnings um, in the telecom industry and how he has understood his skills in building people and he shares several stories of how we can enable around and talks about his storytelling skills and how he understood it that he has that nuance of map marrying stories films and to the real life corporate scenarios listen on hi madan welcome to software people stories thanks my pleasure so madan uh, we normally start our segment uh, with uh, an introduction uh, to our listeners about you i know you more than 20 years now but i want uh, our listeners to know um, about you you and your journey okay um, yeah i mean it's a part of looking back which is very important for everybody's life right so um, yeah i i started out as a technical person by the way and uh, and uh, you know I, i i was an individual contributor i became an operational manager uh, and then a tactical manager and then a strategic manager as well but then slowly i started realizing that i'm more uh, a people person meaning i could add more more value by by handling people by influencing people getting things done and and making them more effective uh, that's something that i discovered along the way i mean first instance was was uh, you know when i had to meet somebody in place of a sales person because he was not available and uh, to, so that's the first discovery and then slowly i started moving into more more of people management role um, and and strategic roles and i started enjoying it you know now uh, you know i i i also enjoy meeting people um, especially uh, you know doing keynote speeches and stuff i i started enjoying those so i'm more of a people person than a technical person now in fact i learn technical from my people the work that i do is uh, is i mean i'm essentially i started out as an asic design engineer but then um, because of the breadth of experience that i have i could uh, uh, manage teams which are into different faculties meaning like you know i have managed c modeling team even though i don't have the c modeling experience and then i have managed many different things i mean front end to back end and and uh, you know even even product management and stuffs so uh, that's the breadth of experience that gave me that uh, comfort nice so uh, you work right now as a director in sim.ai uh, and you are also a hardware engineer right so uh, many of us uh, think that hardware traditionally is more uh, Um, into only the chip design and things like that so what do you do um, what do you or your team do normally uh, in as a in your current role okay in my current role this is purely um, um, the front end design what we call front end design is asic design is uh, we, we do have uh, 
uh, you know, abstract languages in which we represent the design. And we have tools that has evolved over the years and decades that would convert these um, uh, these uh, um, abstract level codes, just like you know, the C code for the software programmer, uh, that would convert all these codes into actual circuit, uh, the AND gates and OR gates and stuff. Uh, so uh, once the AND gates and OR gates are all implemented, and after that, implementing that into the silicon, which is called backend. Uh, right now, I'm focused more on the front end, uh, even though previously I have managed backend teams as well. So and hardware here, not necessarily only um, chip designs, because once the chip comes out, we do have to uh, put them into a system, which typically is board design. And we do have to bring them up, work with the software teams for the software, bring up all of those. So this includes uh, all of those, the embedded systems. Now you're saying that the right now hardware design, chip design is all happening through software, right? Uh, and that is something that uh, I, I'm including me. I have been uh, in electronics for so long. Uh, it is uh, while when we started off, we were all doing PCB design using now, simple chips. Actually, you, I, when my and I started off, I used to have a, a breadboard and done it, and then I used to see have the probes and say, okay, how uh, is the voltage coming well or not? So that those technologies have moved past in terms of having code and simulator and everything. Right now, is it? How has the technology yes. evolved in that? Yeah, basically, uh, I mean, uh, same here, which is when I started off also, it was, it was uh, uh, you know, what we used to have is small scale integration, which currently is very large scale integration, which is what we call VLSI, right? The small scale integration, we used to have uh, uh, four gates in one, uh, one chip, which is like, uh, which can be held by hand. That's how it was. Uh, but now you see billions of gates into one silicon of the same size. Uh, essentially, this is why we call it system on a silicon, uh, right? System on a chip, which is SOC. Uh, what this means is uh, previously we used to design a system using boards and wires with all these uh, uh, small scale integrated ICs, uh, right? And, and now uh, what we do is all these are built into this into the silicon itself uh, because now uh, by Moore's law. Um, what they say is the size of the gates and the channels and stuff and, and this deep dive uh, semiconductor engineering and and semiconductor physics uh, so as the size decreased we could actually manage to fit billions of gates within like a, a small chip of size you know 100 mm square right so um, that's something that we could do uh, so uh, we could build the whole system which we used to build using PCBs, wires, and and uh, uh, capacitors, and all of those uh, into a small silicon, all inbuilt. Uh, that's how it has progressed, and this progress all happened in the last what two decades, uh, essentially, I mean, not 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 too far away. And and now uh, um, you know latest technologies are coming where uh, you don't even see the pins anymore uh, because we used to have pins which used to be plugged into the breadboards and stuff, which you actually I really appreciate your memory, right? Because this was too. Two, two. I mean, almost like more than two, two, two and a half decades ago, uh, and and uh, now these days you don't even see the pins. I mean, it's like what we call balls, which is just deposited, and then the connections are made on the on the board. So uh, uh, essentially, it has shrunk from uh, what I used to do. Uh, the, the things that I used to fit, hundred like k gates, I used to fit in a ten by twelve inch card when I started out my career. Now uh, in hundred mm square, I'm able to fit billions of gates. So that's the kind of uh, abstraction that we have gone to.
and this was enabled because the semiconductor physics uh, matured over time one secondly the tools which help us describing those circuitry not necessarily at a, you know at a netlist level rather uh, not even at a very abstraction level of uh, you know if then else statements just like you would have in software uh, that enabled us to achieve this wow excellent because um, the earliest memory i have of this is i was doing an internship in uh, iit madras we had a small uh, soldering um, obviously we have done soldering in the uh, mechanical lab and that was very different from here and you know that the the chips cost millions of rupees so you you are so scared to touch it and say okay whatever i make a mistake and you refer so many times and then and then test it and stuff like that so i'm so impressed with how much the industry has moved so what has been from in from your perspective what all do you did you have to learn and what did you have to unlearn madan as you have moved from uh, you know early stages to where you are today okay i mean this of course the technology keeps growing which means you have to keep yourself up to date uh, abreast of what are the latest happenings uh, but then to me as i said i learn from my own people which means i do more of a people role rather than a technical role and learning is mutual uh, Uh, uh you know my my the folks that i have managed are all are all are all gurus in their own domains and they are very seniors so uh, learning part for me is more on the people side i learn people and i i influence them i motivate them i motivate them not by coaching them by asking questions just like in fact what i really appreciated while i was watching this the 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 strength that you were possessing which is something that i actually noticed was the real curiosity curiosity is one of the biggest strength you know uh, i usually say recently i was actually called for a uh, for being a, a judge in in uh, in a huge forum which is like i mean 5000 participants worldwide this is conducted by one of our major tool vendors uh, for the whole industry um, and in that i was invited to be the judge for one of the tracks which is called verification track which is not my domain but and the reason why they and they also know about it they also know that i am not an expert in verification but that's precisely where i play the role which is to me just like knowledge is strength ignorance is also strength ignorance is a strength once it comes with curiosity and that's precisely what i observed in you right now in fact the way that you're asking questions the real heartfelt curiosity that actually puts me back in fact uh, it it is take me back by 22 decades and and uh, start remembering things because recollection of the past is one of the essential components of uh, uh, us recognizing ourselves on our achievements right that's precisely what i noticed so now i'm focusing more on these kind of people aspects and i learn the technical stuff from them so which means um it's not unlearning rather rather uh, uh, what i learn is more of the people uh, and my people learn the technical parts and they are actually bringing up um, the team also in fact even i i usually hierarchically structure the teams and uh, uh, they bring in the value and they see the value that they bring in and uh, uh, we move forward together so the learning is more on people aspect for me right now and you also mentioned early on that you were a operational uh, member once you became once you had that uh, had had an individual contributor then moved to operational then tactical now uh, you are a director in uh, uh if i remember uh, your name uh, in a, uh, in a ai company which also is uh, focused on chip design so uh, 
how do you classify this? Um, I know Ram Charan has written in terms of uh, six uh, steps in terms of how you one has to reinvent yourself when you become manager or manager of managers, become a, you know, a PNL uh, director and so on and so forth. How have you seen this evolution uh, in terms of uh, developing people as well as your own uh, sense of self-worth? Okay, so um, uh, in this case, what I believe you're asking is about what kind of changes that happened along the way that I discovered myself. Right. right? And, and um, yeah, uh, precisely uh, when the first instance when, when I could discover myself that I'm more a people person than a, than a technical person was, was when I was asked to do a presentation to customer and I hijacked the whole conversation to why, where I wanted it to be. <laughs> and that's precisely where uh, I could realize. And after that, there had been certain instances where some of the changes that I could bring in into very senior folks. Um, I can give you an example of, uh, there was this lady who was uh, about 25 years experienced and she was working for me. Um, when she was moved to my team, in fact, she was in the company for almost like five years and nobody noticed her, right? And then when she was moved to my team, uh, she said there are three things that she's not capable of doing. Things One is she'll not be able to present in front of a huge crowd, one. Secondly, she said she'll not be able to communicate negative news or bad news to the people who are working for her. And third is she'll not be able to communicate to people outside the team, right? And in four months, what I proved was precisely that that's precisely what is her strength. And how I did it is basically by uh, when she said that she is not uh, good in, uh, in talking to people outside the team, uh, I, I scheduled those meetings. And I made it very, very uh, small meetings, uh, two to one meetings. Um, this was with a site lead in Japan. And uh, I, I did that. And I sat with her in those meetings. I started off those meetings. Slowly, what I started doing was I started showing up late. And I could observe that she was actually having full control of the meeting. And then slowly, I started dropping off in the meeting. She did not even realize that she could, uh, I mean, she was driving the meeting without me. So it's 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 providing psychological safety, right? And she she needs to feel comfortable, and and she needs to feel that there is somebody backing her, even if the person is not even available. This is like while swimming. Uh, uh, you know, I remember my daughter when she was too little uh, when she started swimming. I used to be in the pool with her, and I used to show as if I was holding her hands, but then I was not, and I used to give her a moving target where she steals, keeps on moving, and then she doesn't even realize how far did she come. And like I said, looking back, that's an important aspect, which is it's not about manager recognizing people. This is something that I believe in. I believe in people recognizing themselves. That's more important than manager recognizing people. And this is one of those, which is moment after she finishes a lap, I make sure that she looks back. Why? Because she needs to see for herself. It's not about me telling her that she did a good job. But she, she has to look at herself, how far has she come? That itself gives her motivation for the next day. This is what I've seen. And that's precisely what I used to do. with. And, and, and at the end of the four, four months, there was a big initiative that she drove. And she presented it in front of 150 people. And the whole crowd got convinced of what she presented. Wow. So <laughs> I told her. And, and, and now, once, once that was done, that pro, the, the upcoming project, the, it was actually supposed to be for the upcoming project, but then the results were so fascinating that they wanted to intercept in the current project. 
which means now it's the next step to make people do she had a three people team that i assigned to her and with them she had to get that done but at the same time the project could get cancelled any time and these youngsters should not get demotivated and when that situation came i told her uh, you know would you want me to pitch in and communicate to those next level that the project could get cancelled as well not because of their mistake but because of the project schedule and she said no mathan i will take care of it that's the confess so i proved to her that she could do all these three things way better than me so what a part of story <laughs> i know that you are a great storyteller and uh, you use this uh, in when when you conduct uh, large seminars and everything uh, i mean how did you build this capability madan i know we are digressing from you know uh, from your uh, how you developed your leadership skill but i'm very curious by your the story how did you Uh, you know harness this uh, storytelling uh, habit okay uh, this is something instead of saying that i developed i think it was inherently inside of me uh, just that i discovered it uh, right i discovered it over a period of time um, because in most of the times even in college i used to do very well in the viva verse even the, whether the results were uh, really positive or not from the experiments you know in college we have this practicals and whether the results came out positive or not i always did well in viveverse why because i was able to hijack people onto what i know instead of you know uh, making them derail from what i don't know right so uh, uh, the, uh, so i think this this was more of a discovery of mine which was an inherent skill um, this is why i keep saying that uh, i discovered myself I, I thought I was a technical leader, but looks like I am more of a people leader than a technical leader. Just a discovery of myself. Excellent. So, um, I think uh, you must have had that uh, skill of storytelling right from the beginning, and you sort of built it out as and when uh, situation arose, isn't it? Yes. Uh, uh, even in colleges, I used to be. I was known for connecting the dots. Uh, you know connecting the dots the way that you connect the dots you will evolve with a different picture right and and how to connect the dots is something that i've always done i've always tried to to give analogies which are from real life uh, uh, into what you're doing that's something that i do and i use movies a lot because i watch movies i don't read story books rather i watch movies i read story books in the form of movies and and many of these uh, the, the cliches and and dialogues that come in the movies and even the instances there are a lot of corporate lessons also i use it even day to day even as late as last week i used uh, an instance the movie ford versus ferrari um, to tell people that being on the stage as a finalist participant in such a huge forum itself is the win and win is only a by product or an added bonus right so uh, uh, that's something that i did and this this comes from ford versus so most of these actually are coming because i i watch a lot of movies whether good or not <laughs> so, now with the age of uh, uh, you know streaming so much of content is available i think calling out the gems itself is an art right saying okay are you i this is something great and uh, are you able to apply it in your real life Yes, yes, yes. And usually, what I noticed is people seem to get uh, carried away, or you get a lot of their attention if you're able to narrate a story before what you want to tell. And that, that I think, captures 
one example, uh, you know, I, I wanted to communicate this information about end goal is more important than the means, right? And the means could be very many, but the end goal is something that should be on the focus, right? And we should not let go of that. And to mention this, I started off with a story, which is about, uh, you know, the Mercedes-Benz engineer who discovered what we call the uh, crumple zones in cars, right? Until he discovered that, or until he actually thought differently, people were thinking that the cars has to be rigid to be strong. Uh, but then the end goal is not the car being strong. The end goal is to protect the passengers. And even if it means that the car, car crumples itself, to absorb the energy, thus protect the passengers, right? And that's how crumple zones work. And I used this story and then I narrated this end goal. Uh, I mean, this was actually in a very, very uh, non-technical environment where I wanted to say whether the end goal, helping others, right? Helping others should be a means for welfare of others or should it be the end goal by itself? Because I strongly believe that uh, that welfare of others is the end goal and helping others is just a means for achieving it, right? And so if if helping others become our end goal, we'll keep on doing it, but what's the result? End goal should be, nobody should be needing our help, right? That should be our, our end goal. So I used that story of crumple zones before I put in this, and then people started, you know, this is to capture people's attention. People seem to like stories. They get carried away with that. And um, I think uh, we also have this left brain, right brain, right? And this is the uh, a whole part where the brain, which understands stories, also is very good in retaining that story for longer. Than saying, okay, this is uh, th these are the process steps, A, A, B, C, D, it just goes off. But you say, no, no, um, this is visualization, right? Moment you say Merck, everybody can visualize it and why that is the case. And and each of us are our own passengers. So it's a very powerful visualization technique as well, Madan. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to, um, what I want you to share with me, uh, uh, when I looked at your profile, right, I also see you have, you were working in US for a few years and you came back, I think a couple of decades back. Um, I, I see many uh, people whom we are interacting, either they are in India only, or uh, very few like us who who are um, who have migrated and then um, migrated back. Any why did you do that and uh, any advice that you want to share uh, with our listeners? Okay, so uh, there uh, the the reason why. Uh, by the way, I mean I did not spend too much time abroad. I just lived okay. there for six years, nothing more than that. And I mean with a span of about twenty five or thirty years of career, six years is too small a time. And, you know, I usually say this even to these youngsters when I address them, when we recruit them from the colleges in bulk and when I address them, I usually tell them the things that matter to me the most five years ago doesn't matter at all to me today. So when you talk about these minor bonuses that other company gives or a 10% hike that the other company gives, trust me, that would not matter to me at all after some point in time, right? So similarly, going back in time, this was about 18 years ago when I moved back, right? And at that time, the the, the goal was, I mean, completely one, my 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 uh, father was getting retired in 2004 and I wanted to be here. And two, at that time, uh, you know, this was also for my wife's job uh, opportunity because she got a good uh, um, opportunity here. And, uh, you know, 
that's that's reaping the benefit. In fact, she's reaping the benefit of it. Now she's doing very well in her career, and I'm very happy for her. So uh, that were the reasons uh, for why I moved back. But but it was not like um, you know something is bad over there or something is uh, uh, bad over here. Uh, it's all in the perspective uh, how we see it. Um, uh, to me, both places gave me similar quality of life because we could afford one. Just that. Uh, uh, you know, here you might have to pay extra for getting that quality of life. Uh, but other than that, there is no difference. So you get almost everything over here as well. So, but otherwise, there is no um, other um, uh, you know employment reason or anything. Uh, now, when we started off, uh, well, the technologies that we were working on in India, probably we were we were we were more looked at as skill sets rather than domain experts. Now the trend is changing here as well. There are people who are uh, hired here for domain expertise as well, not just a skill set. So there is no compromise per se in, in that line. Thank you. I think, uh, I think that that's a balance, right? Uh, with both spouses working. And it's, uh, uh, given that uh, we often talk about uh, my you know, woman staying invested in the career, we forget that the spouse is plays the most important part in terms of strengthening as well as identifying where those roles are. I mean, it's not often that uh, the place where one spouse has the best opportunity, it's always in the same place. I think uh, it's a very important um, point. for When you speak about um, uh, now skill sets are deepening in India, uh, can you also talk about different cities? How um, I know software is primarily developing in about six, seven cities. And in the last five years, they're also moving more towards tier two, tier three cities and stuff. How is from a hardware uh, as well as embedded uh, software uh, sort of an area, how is that um, you know, location strategy working out for you? Okay. Uh, so hardware, especially chip designs, it's very narrow industry. Even today, the number of people that you see world is very small, right? Uh, that's the reason why I usually say you will get to meet the same people again and again, whether you like it or not, right? And uh, uh, the, the focus here looks like it's, it's more focused in Bangalore. And I see good amount of operations now coming up in, in Hyderabad. Um, as well as in China. Now, China has also grown to be one of the important centers for hardware design. Uh, there are also packaging industry. Of course, it's not in full-time packaging uh, uh, that we talk about. Uh, but then there are also some augment works that are happening in the package industry. That happens in Chennai, by the way. Um, NOIDA has always been there. That's mainly because of uh, there was one big company we set up its shop, which is ST Microelectronics. After that, there are many companies that followed them as well. Um, so NOIDA has always been there. Uh, even two decades ago, I know NOIDA had a presence in this, but it was not too big. Uh, now, the growth, the steep growth that I see is more in Hyderabad than Chennai. Bangalore has always been the case. And NOIDA, well, I mean, it stands at its place even today. Uh, but Hyderabad and Chennai have seen tremendous growth in the hardware industry. So Hyderabad, Chennai, and uh, top it up by Bangalore, uh... Uh, are you finding it harder to uh, retain uh, individuals given that it's a smaller space and everything or is it it's the same as how software works very much very much i mean resource uh, of course it's a it's a bloody war right and and uh, uh, 
especially last year um, you know i lost some because of uh, these mammoth companies i would not want to name them in this but then uh, we lost a lot of resources for them uh, it's not just resources as and see we are in the process of hiring right and we are we are a growing company and we hire very very uh, cautiously uh, you know just let you know this company series b round of funding just 150 plus people and 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 uh, uh, going into the revenue phase is something that's unheard of for me okay and uh, so, so we're we're growing cautiously and what we are also looking for is only high end people we're not we cannot afford to um, right now uh, hire juniors and groom them so we are looking at only 15 plus experience and when it comes to that um, there are a few big companies who also set up their shop recently in the last 3 years and uh, we could not really uh, you know compete with them in terms of the uh, stock value i mean salary we could but then stock value uh, was too high for us the stock is a speculative value right now because we are a private company um, we, we do have get very good evaluations by the way in the last one year without asking for we got huge funding we got 87 million funding and and uh, that was without asking for so they gave us investors gave us and this is celebrity investors you can go through the internet and see it and uh, so they gave us one and a half times evaluation and so we are lenient in terms of salary but when it comes to uh, stocks because it is speculative and you need to wait it out for reaping the big benefits uh, whether people have the patience or not it's today's money versus tomorrow's uh, uh, this today's small fish versus tomorrow's big fish uh, so we lost some uh, you know hires new hires to those companies so it was indeed a big issue and this not only with this company before this i was with sandus and even there uh, um, resource and hiring has always been one of the biggest challenges in the industry especially in bangalore Uh, this is what we call the uh, you know we, in bay area we used to call this a parking lot syndrome which is uh, you know one day the candidate enters left into the parking lot and the next day he enters right into the parking lot but it is all within the 5 mile radius right uh, when they change companies and and right now that's precisely what is happening in bangalore <laughs> and so it's it's a pretty bad war uh, i can tell you some of these software tech parks huge number of companies all big huge bullies right and and uh, even they lose people among themselves by the way that is the hardest thing right in terms of you develop uh, you know not just hire we also companies and people invest on other people right uh, in the end of the day uh, you you bring a sense of loyalty and uh, share a sense of values with it Uh, it's not easy but i guess uh, that's how the market is when there is a supply uh, you know the su- supply is more uh, demand is less than then it things twist in a different way in this conversation with madan i am now going to ask him how he built his skills across uh, technical as well as managerial don't forget to tune in on tuesday for the second part of my conversation with madan ramanujam director of simme.ai we thank siddharth for the music and anita for promoting the software people stories if you like this episode please subscribe on your favorite podcast client 
and spread the word in your network. If you would like to share your story, contact us at podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com.